Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. For this edition, highlights from an Illinois Family Institute forum for pastors and lay leaders hosted by the Spirit of Liberty Church of God in Markham, Illinois. During this segment, David Smith, the executive director of IFI, explains why Christians should be involved in politics, public policy, and the 40 Days for Life prayer campaigns outside abortion facilities. And he notes that the illegal immigration crisis presents opportunities for sharing the gospel. Our mission statement is to boldly bring biblical perspectives to public policy. And we do that largely on two fronts. We do it in our state legislature with our state lawmakers, pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-family issues that are coming up there. First front is in Springfield with our state lawmakers. Second is in churches. We're trying to edify and equip the church on the issues that they may not be aware of and help them to think through it biblically, right? So it's been a blessing to do our worldview conferences, pastors forums. So over the years, I've talked to dozens, if not hundreds, of Christians from every walk of life in every part of the state of Illinois. And it's a real joy to be able to do that. But I've been kind of alarmed to talk to people and ask them a basic question to interact with them. So they're walking by my display table and I grab their eyes and I say, hey, are you interested in politics and public policy? And a lot of times their eyes kind of go, oh, no, not really. And that's kind of disappointing because that's what we do, <laughs> right? We want to educate people on politics and public policy. And so I, I asked those people. Now there's some who say, oh, yeah, I follow you or I follow, you know, listen to this guy or listen to that guy. But to those who are not interested, I give a challenge. Can I challenge you biblically on this? Now, only a couple times people say no and walk away. Most of the time they say, okay, challenge me. So I say Romans 13 tells us that all authority is ordained by God, right? Yep. So who is that authority in America? And usually they say, oh, the President of the United States. That's what's the first three words of the Constitution? We the people. And they say, oh, yeah, and you see a light bulb go up, you know, above their head. And I said, so how are we doing with that? And then they go, oh, not so good. That's because Christians aren't interested in politics and public policy. So we're called to be the salt of the world. We're the light. We're not supposed to be hidden, and yet we're hiding ourselves away. And so we need to change that. We need to, and especially now when we have all these, what I call apostles of wokeism, in our culture, and Springfield is dominated. They have a supermajority of apostles of wokeism. They have removed all the regulations on abortion in Illinois, and there is even moved to codify it in our state constitution. The right to reproductive freedom is what they would call it. What it is is the right to terminate or kill a human being in the womb because it's inconvenient, right? And that's the truth. Let me go over the bills real quick, you should be alarmed as I am that over the last several months we have seen illegal immigrants surging into America well past our demographic birth rate. In other words, more illegal immigrants are coming into the country that are being born in our country. That's alarming. Yet, 
at the same time, for a community of faith, this is an opportunity, isn't it? We still need to send missionaries to all points in the world, right? But the world's coming to us. And we have an opportunity to spread the gospel message to all these people that are coming here. And the majority of them are coming for what? Opportunities, right? Work, financial, whatever it is. And yes, there's a good portion of them who are probably gang members, cartel members, all that stuff, which is alarming. But this is, should, should tell you where we are in our country. So a couple years ago, they passed the SB 25, which eliminated all abortion restrictions in Illinois. You need to make people aware of what's going on and the condition of our state, how radical Illinois is. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I want to just go over a couple more bills. Next one. So they also repealed the Parental Notice of Abortion Act, right? This had 77% approval rate in Illinois. We did a poll on this. We were part of a group that did a poll. Most American or Illinois voters wanted to keep parental notice of abortion. So if a minor child was going to get an abortion, seeking an abortion, being taken to get an abortion, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, or guardian had to be called and notified, hey, so-and-so is seeking an abortion. That they couldn't stand, and so they had to repeal it. Then we have Senate Bill 18. This is comprehensive sex ed. This is grooming our children to be sexually active, encouraging them to be sexually active. Starting in kindergarten is when they start teaching this, all the way through 12th grade. Much of it is very graphic. Much of it is even homosexual sex. And this is what they want to do. They call it, the left calls it, age-appropriate, medically accurate, but it isn't. It's not age-appropriate. It's not medically accurate. It is a woke view of human sexuality, and it's very disturbing because what they're doing is propping up future victims for Planned Parenthood. Sexually transmitted diseases are also spiking, you should know. Senate Bill 1909, this bill did get passed but then struck down the pro-life Thomas More Society based here in Chicago, sued our Attorney General. Senate Bill 1909 would enable the Attorney General to prosecute crisis pregnancy centers for deceptive practices. So if they dare tell a woman that what they're carrying as a six-week-old baby or eight-week-old baby in their womb is a human being, well, maybe is that deceptive? Or human life begins at conception. Is that deceptive? Right? They were facing $50,000 fines by the Attorney General for deceptive practices. That is intolerable. That is tyranny. Thankfully, the Thomas More Society sued, went up to federal court in Rockford. The judge there said, put an injunction on this bill, said, nope, this can't go forward. We're going to have a hearing on it. And quote-unquote, he said, it's stupid and unconstitutional. <laughs> Amen, right? Right? So um, Kwame Raul, our attorney general, just recently, within the last couple months, decided he is not going to fight it, and he signed off saying, we're not going to enforce this law. Praise the Lord. That's good news, right? All right. Well, before I get to the Springfield update, I, I want to just give you another perspective, too. Illinois has become a, an abortion destination point. They're opening up abortion clinics all over the place. Flossmoor is the most recent one in our neighborhood, right? And, of course, that's accommodating victims from Gary and Hammond. 
They're coming in from out of town. They just opened up a new one in Carbondale. I'm being told that they're putting uh, victims on the train from Memphis, from Paducah, coming up here to get their abortion uh, services up in Carbondale. And uh, I just heard a radio interview. Kwame Raoul was in Louisiana, and he was touting the fact that Illinois is an ab abortion oasis and that they're even sending people up from Louisiana. I guess the Amtrak goes right in from there, but boom, up, and here we go. And I just want to tell you, brothers and sisters, yes, we're going to get steamrolled by the apostles of wokeism in Springfield because they have a supermajority, but that's okay. I would like to have that situation reversed, but we have lots of opportunities as American citizens. We have this gift of self-government and a constitution where we can exercise our freedom of speech, right? Where we can be politically active, socially active, uh, where we can be sidewalk counselors, where we can be praying out in front of these abortuaries. By the way, how many of you know about 40 Days for Life? Okay, most of you do. So 40 Days for Life is a spring and fall campaign where they look for people for 12 hours a day coming out in front of these abortuaries to pray, one-hour slots. They're looking for people to stand out there for one-hour slots to pray and to be a witness for life. And, you know, some of us may just say, well, what good is that? I'll tell you what. Abby Johnson, who was in that movie, Unplanned, I heard her speak in Southern Illinois, and she pointed out when she was an executive director of Planned Parenthood in Texas, when people were out in front praying, she had a 75% no-show rate per schedule. 75%? And I just want to posit this with you guys. Think about the woman who is in a crisis pregnancy, praying to God, oh, Lord, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to, Lord, I don't want to have to do this. I'm being pressured by my boyfriend, my dad, my whatever, you know, relatives, my pimp, who knows, you know? I don't want to do this. I need a sign from you, God. I need a sign. And then she turns to the corner and she sees four or five prayer warriors out in front of that abortion clinic, praying, holding up signs saying, don't abort, or life is precious, or whatever it is. And she says, whoa, there's my sign. And they drive on by. Abby Johnson says 75% no-show rate. There's a reason for that. We can do that. And, and we also need to... Uh, continue doing what pass passes here. Pregnancy Aid in the South Suburbs is here. They do amazing work. Southside Pregnancy Center in Evergreen Park, amazing work. We need to continue to do this, and that's why we're here today. But we really need to step up, so that's why I want to encourage you, find out how you can help, all right? And prayer is, is just one part of it. David Smith, the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute. Dave mentioned 40 Days for Life. The spring prayer campaign begins February 14th. Go to 40daysforlife.com for more information. During the next segment of Spotlight, David Curtin, IFI's lobbyist in the General Assembly, will provide a legislative update.
With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Overall, a recent article in Christianity Today states, 365 million Christians live in nations with high levels of persecution or discrimination. That's more people than live in the U.S. And the most troubling spots tend to be either authoritarian states like North Korea or Muslim-dominated areas like Saudi Arabia. Nigeria alone accounts for 75% of the world's martyrs, with over 4,100 killed between October 2022 and September 2023. And in contrast to the popular Western claim, the growing hostility to faith is not because these precious Christians are too prudish, too powerful, or too white. It's because they've embraced the name of the one who suffered on their behalf. Francis Schaeffer once said that no totalitarian authority nor authoritarian state can tolerate those who have an absolute by which to judge that state and its actions. In any place a religion, ideology, or state demands absolute loyalty, Christians will always be seen as a problem. So please pray for them and that we would be granted a portion of their courage. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. America's chaplain faces jail time for the crime of being an American. Chaplain Stephen Lee tells his story 6.30 p.m. Friday, March 15th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org. We're going to fight this thing. This is bigger than me. When disasters strike, Chaplain Lee provides pastoral care. He comforted after 9-11, Columbine, and when 2020 election fraud charges surfaced in Georgia, he offered spiritual help and guidance, but a left-wing prosecutor wants to silence him. This transcends politics, things like faith, family, and freedom. So we're going to stand. Help Chaplain Lee fight for freedom. Join him 6.30 p.m. Friday, March 15th at the Church of Christian Liberty in Arlington Heights. Find out more at IllinoisFamily.org, IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. During this portion, remarks by David Curtin at an Illinois Family Institute forum for pastors and lay leaders hosted by the Spirit of Liberty Church of God in Markham, Illinois. Dave is IFI's lobbyist in the General Assembly, and at the forum, he outlines some troubling legislation he's following. A few days ago, I was at the Capitol, and they were taking down the Christmas display. They were putting it back in storage, but right next to it at the Capitol was a satanic display, and it also went in storage. The satanic display this year was a very fun-looking stuffed animal snake, and it was on top of a book representing the Bible, and it looked harmless. Last year, they had this incredible, ugly metal sculpture of an animal turned upside down, and it was in torment, and it was twisted like it was going through fire. It was a baby lamb, and it was so hideous, they decided... We're not doing that again this year. We're going to do the, the friendly snake. Well, those displays haven't been around forever, but 30 years ago when I started working around the Capitol, I saw a lot of bad legislation that targeted families, that targeted ministers, that targeted sin in our society. But it was cleverly disguised as something, you know, just to help people. And so the homosexual lobby, for example, wanted civil unions so they could have the legal right to visit a partner in the hospital. They didn't have that legal right because they weren't married or family. So that's how they got that passed, just some legal help. There were other bills that had public schools helping the kids 
not have irresponsible sex by giving them free birth control. There were measures to silence pastors by making them informants for the state on various family-related matters. Now, all these didn't pass. Most of them did. But IFI was there to oppose all these efforts because we knew the real agenda was really to destroy the marriage and the family and the churches and replace them with Satan's man-made immoral values. So in 1993, we were warning people, but not a lot of people were taking us seriously, or seriously enough. In 2024, the cards are all on the table. Everybody can see them. It's like the Satan display. There is no ambiguity. If you go to Springfield, you will see there is a state law on the books right now in the public schools that third graders have to learn how a boy becomes a girl and a girl becomes a boy. By the time they get to the fifth grade, they have to explain it fully. Why? Because they want to catch them before puberty so they can do the puberty-blocking drugs by the time they hit puberty. Yep. Abortion. Last year, we were lobbying another abortion bill. They're all bad. This one had a lot of bad things in it. One bad thing, we now have, in the state of Illinois, a recruitment effort to recruit doctors from other states who have lost their medical licenses for other reasons. To come to Illinois, as long as you perform abortions, we'll give you a medical license. That's law. So as we were lobbying this bill that had many other bad things in it, during debate, the sponsor of the legislation was asked a question by another senator, and he said, you know, at what point in the pregnancy does this fetus have human rights? And she said, upon birth. And he said, well, okay, but what, what if, you know, the, the head is sticking out, if they, you know, the crown? You know, at what point do they, do they still have some rights? And she said, no, very coldly, it needs to be fully birthed to have rights. To which there was a very noticeable silence in the chamber. You could hear a pin drop. And there were a couple of gasps. And the senator sat down and said, God help us. And you could just feel the presence of God in that chamber. Yet the Senate Majority Leader said, are there any more questions? No. Okay, well the question is, so such and such a bill passed. Voting is open. It passed with a supermajority of votes and became law. People voting for more murder of innocent unborn children as blatant as the Satan display. And most legislators unfortunately are doing Satan's work and either they don't know or don't care. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, I have the honor of addressing you today. God has put you in an incredible position to shepherd God's people and I know of all of you work so hard to bring people to Christ. And I know you pray for the unborn, the downtrodden, the families in your churches who are trying to do the right thing in this pagan society. And I must say, I feel your prayers as I walk every day into the Capitol. You may not be there, but we at IFI can feel your prayers. We even feel the presence of God as we're in the Capitol looking upon the presence of Satan giving people the words and ideas to destroy marriage and family. On January 16th, the new General Assembly starts. I say the spiritual battle starts again. And I expect to see three things this year. The first thing will probably be an assisted suicide bill. They are taking the language from Oregon and saying that 
a doctor can prescribe a few pills to someone who has been diagnosed terminally ill and go home and kill themselves. We're going to oppose that because God determines life and death. We will look extremist because we will be portrayed as not compassionate to someone who is terminally ill. And oh, by the way, the insurance companies love this bill because it costs $3 for the pills and they're saving millions on life-saving treatment. So they're pushing it. But that's a side note. What I wanted to say here, this is going to be a reasonable sounding bill. It'll be tough to oppose. We'll oppose it just like we did the so-called gay marriage law. But legislators will say they're just helping people. The second thing this year we'll probably see there'll be an effort to amend our state constitution and putting Roe v. Wade in there. We've got all the abortion laws in the world, but now they want to say abortion is protected in the state constitution. And they have the votes to pass this in the General Assembly, because if you pass it by a three-fifths margin, you get to put that on the ballot in November. So when you go to the ballot in November, the very first question you will be asked is, should abortion be protected in our state constitution, yes or no? And that is supposed to drive the pro-choice people to the polls to vote in greater numbers. And they have done the numbers, and they say pro-lifers are more complacent, aren't as energetic. So they're actually going to be helping their pro-choice candidates by this amendment. They don't really think that we need an amendment to the Constitution. They don't think abortion is going away. They want to get their voters to the polls. And the third thing I expect to see this session is an effort to do something about education. And I'm not talking about increasing the reading scores and the math scores. <laughs> we wish. But the public school system is having a problem indoctrinating, or at least getting some pushback from parents around the state. I don't know if you've noticed it on this indoctrination stuff. There was pushback at school board meetings, many school board meetings, that they were putting pornographic and transgender material in the school libraries. Well, the legislature fixed that. They passed a law saying no banning of materials by any school board or any parent. So we lost that battle. This year, there's also a storm brewing over a policy, not a law, but a policy the State Board of Education has put in place saying every public school telling teachers that it's okay to keep parents in the dark if their child wants to change genders or if they have these discussions, whatever. Right now, state law does not speak to it, so the state board issued a rule saying you can, if it's in the best interest of the child, if you think it's in the best interest of the child, you can keep parents in the dark. Well, there's been pushback on that, and so we think they may try to pass a law saying that. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't bring you good news, but God does. God does. He's already notched the victory for us on the scoreboard. It's such an honor and a privilege God gives us to be able to do his work here on earth. Isn't that the way we all feel? It's such a privilege. Not because we necessarily get the victories, and there are some, but more importantly, God wants to use us to defend his word against those who rebel against him like they did 2,000 years ago. That's why we're here. That's why you're here, because you care enough to do God's work. And I would just encourage you to talk to your fellow pastors who are not here 
and talk about the urgency of what we're facing in Illinois. Thank you. David Curtin, the Illinois Family Institute's lobbyist in Springfield. Be sure to obtain copies of the IFI Voter Guide before the March 19th Illinois primary. They're informative, free, nonpartisan, and easy to use. Call 708-781-9328. Join the Illinois Family Institute for our Recovering Biblical Manhood Worldview Conference Saturday, March 2nd at the Village Church of Barrington. For more information, click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call 708-781-9328. Please support the work of IFI. All donations are tax-deductible and very much appreciated. Keep IFI in your prayers and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.